I am Suzanne Legrand, and today on The Shaman's Notebook, my guest is Andrew McElrath, who is a multi-talented energy healing practitioner who specializes in biofield tuning. Welcome. Thank you so much, Suzanne. It's great to be here. You have a quote on your website from Nicola Tesla and that says, quote, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I'm wondering if we could start there. Could you tell us how you interpret that and how that applies to the healing work that you do? Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in my perception of all things that we can experience in our bodies and even beyond, everything holds a frequency. So I remember start, when I started to you know, consider biofield tuning um, as a modality that I might be working with, I would see these charts of spectrums of frequency and they would be associated not only with notes um, within different scales, but also color frequencies and stones, like uh, semi-precious stones. And then to just kind of feel into that, even certain species or, or plants have a frequency to them. And also noticing, and, and I grew up with pretty open parents, so it was... I grew up with language where my mother would say, well, what's, what's the vibes? Send them good vibes. You know, it was just part of my perception of things. And so when I started to do biofield tuning, it was a format for me to meet uh, the frequency of individuals to start out with. And you could imagine that we are all instruments of some form or another. And so just like when you were, uh, would, um, engage a piano or a violin or something like that, that does require maintenance on those specific scales, we're kind of the same way. So you could imagine that we have different areas of vibration in our body. And in biofield tuning, we work with the chakra system. But if something's a little off or you've been running a tune or a frequency in part of your life or your body for a long time, um, that actually is gonna affect the signal that you're putting out. So in some ways we're all signal generators. So if we have in our experience, something that's traumatic or a little off or unresolved or a story we're telling ourselves, um, that's gonna come through in, in virtually all formats. So yeah, frequency is every everything. It's all, everything's in motion. And it, it also makes me think about how, um, when you think of the, the ether or the, the part of our physical experience that's not earthly, right? It's, it's existing on another level, but it's absolutely there. Wow. So you're saying that we all have different frequencies, like, like instruments, like we're, we're a kind of instrument. Is that right? Oh, well, absolutely. So if, uh, and you can, this is one example I'll use. So if you have uh, a baby, right? And, uh, and maybe someone walked in the room who was just in a, a, an intense emotional conflict or had some sort of fight or something. And you, for whatever reason, hand the baby for that person to hold, that baby's gonna know. It's gonna, it's gonna feel what's going on inside that person. 
it's so we are we are operating on a vibrational space all the time all the time you know when you walk in and you go oh yeah i'm not up for talking to that person you turn the other way we've all done that you know we we all respond to frequency and vibration and i think depending on people's sensitivity some folks pick on that pick up on that more than others but it's absolutely present and i think what you know, biofield tuning has done over time and for folks that are practitioners is that we interact with this coherent frequency that comes off of the tuning forks. And over time, our sensitivity and awareness to vibration increases. So there's a, an awareness amongst practitioners where, you know, your, your sensitivity, the more you do this work, isn't going to go down. It just means that your discernment um, continues to go up, which is a mixed experience too, right? Because it means that some environments or energies or things that you were interacting with previously, you know, are just not tolerable, you know, in, in your space anymore. So there's that. For people who aren't familiar with biofield tuning, can you briefly describe what it is and how it works to heal the body? Yeah, so it was, uh, it's based on the work of Eileen Day McCusick. She did massage therapy for over 20 years and she was starting to work with tuning forks with people on the body and the field that surrounded it. And over time, she was noticing that when she you know, she'd use them on the body, the weighted forks, but she would go farther out and would notice that there were similarities in the kinds of information that would be there. And the way that that would come across is she'd hold the fork on either side of the body. And in, the, in these spots, there would be, you know, a sensation or a feeling or the tone in the fork would change. And sometimes information would show up just like, you know, some people who do body work over long periods of time, their sensitivity and awareness and sometimes specificity of what is there increases. So she would hang out with the fork and she'd say, hmm, you know, this sounds really sad. And, um, you know, this is what comes to mind. And then the person on the table would go, oh, well, you know, that happened around 15 or something like that. So over time, um, she basically developed an anatomy map of different pockets of information on either side of the, the seven chakras in the body. We think that, or we're taught, right, that we're biological and mechanical and chemical, right? But we don't really talk about this other, whole other electromagnetic field that's going on and, and op very openly talked about in a lot of different um, venues and circles. So the idea is, is that that humans have a bioelectromagnetic field. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, an organization that connected to Stanford University called HeartMath very clearly documents that our heart is emitting an electromagnetic signal that has the capacity to go out quite far, right? And it's, it's quite a big signal. But we're often taught that there's way more, you know, we're really brain focused, which is great. But if you look at it from a physiological electromagnetic standpoint, a lot more is going on in the heart than the brain. So you could, and, and the geometry or the shape of that field is a torsion field. So you could imagine a donut. So in, in the way that you could perceive this, and, and to be clear, um, these perceptions of the 
energy that is part of our physical experience has its roots in all kinds of world traditions. So I want to be really clear and respectful that this isn't something that we're just making up. This is really, really ancient information. So this, there's a column of light or a tube of prana. You could imagine that going through the central part of your body. And then from the top, that then that torsion field or donut then goes sprouts up and comes back around and circulates from the bottom and the top. I, I, in many ways, I think it actually goes both ways. So it's got a central channel in your body, but it makes loops all around. So what I was indicating before is that the, you know, we're kind of taught that all the, you know, our memories are chemical synapses and for sure they are, but what was a paradigm shifter here in the work was that these, pockets of static that had a charge or a memory or that were unresolved, she was finding in this field that surrounds the body. And uh, National Institutes of Health, I forget exactly what year, but they coined the term biofields. So that's, that's an academic term now. It's interesting, right, that a fork, a tuning fork, the coherent input of a tuning fork will interact with these pockets or these memories that actually uh, present themselves as their chronology of an individual's timeline. So on the outer edge is birth and gestation. And then you move into the present moment that's aligned in the midline of the body. So mm -hmm. what practitioners do is they'll use that fork, start on the outer edge of the field and just notice what's there. We'll, we'll say that a lot as tuners will say, what are you noticing? And we kind of allow ourselves to sort of, I don't wanna say get out of our brains, but allow ourselves to become very receptive in that space. And in my experience, I think my body's trained to do it now. So if I hold a tuning fork, it's just a signal to my body to just receive the, the information that's there. And what will happen is that over time, that coherent input of the forks and maybe a di little bit of a dialogue with the person that's receiving the session, that will auto-correct. So there's a concept uh, called homeostasis. And what that is, is that all organisms on the planet, their natural state is health and to be aligned, right? And so the idea is that if we're given the correct input, that our bodies will auto-correct and heal, which is a really interesting to think that rather than having to do this really dramatic intervention, and sometimes that's really important in emergency situation or really dramatic things, but that, yeah, maybe there, there's an alternative to, you know, pharmaceuticals and surgery and things like that that's a lot more gentle and, and, and really supports the body taking care of itself. What kinds of things are able to be healed when a frequency is, is brought back to homeostasis? There are many layers, right? So there's the, the thing that happened, and I'm just going to use these as hypothetical examples. Um, divorce in a family happened at five. Okay. So that's a pretty big deal for anybody, especially a five-year-old. Um, and that's going to cause a lot of distortion, right? There, that's a lot to process at, at such a young age, right? Um, so the, maybe the feelings of abandonment or separation or being triangulated, all those things can be there. And that's a pattern and an emotional pattern, an energetic pattern. And until those get acknowledged and processed and there's a process of self-awareness, it's very likely 
And for a lot of us that those can run in the background of our relationships. We may, and because we're signal generators, there's this story around five saying, I'm not sure I can trust people. It's probably gonna, I'll feel abandoned. I'm triangulated. Well, wow, that's a pretty heavy signal. And it's very likely gonna repeat itself until it's worked through and acknowledged. We can't change the past for people. There's no delete button on your memories, but what we can do is allow that to come to center. So it's not consuming the energy of your life or your body and where you wanna put that. And when those signals energetically run so long and so deep, they tend to have um, an impact on physiology, right? So this is where emotions and energy interface with biology. So something like an experience of a divorce at a young age can influence your frequency or can be an emotional memory that is mm-hmm. held in your body that has a frequency. The memory of it is still having an effect on you. Right. So one, absolutely. So one way you could look at it is that these layers are in your biofield, these rings. So if you think of like grooves in a record or rings in a tree, they hold the memory or the records of the life experience of the organism. Um. I do want to say, you know, that patterns can come from any number of ways. So, you know, I have a background also in um, working with past life regression with people. So the more I started to tune and become and and trust what was coming through as far as information goes and, and knowing what was there, feeling into it, sometimes I would find pockets of information that just felt really different. There was like a density or felt really old and I would be like, whoa, and so I just work on it. And then things would come in my awareness. And so there are the personal experiences that we may have had in our lifetime related to family of origin and things like that. But there's also information related to past lives. So if that's part of your paradigm and you can, view yourself through the lens of having one experience in this moment, but potentially this life being one page of many in a book, um, that's a lot of information, right? And what I notice is that we tend to work out patterns or experiences with people or lessons that we have had before. So sometimes in our immediate family, you know, they'll just, they'll, someone will drop in on the other side of our experience of being incarnate and say, hey, you know, I, <laughs> the conversation could go like this. I really need to learn about loss and betrayal. Are you up for that lesson? And, you know, this person in life would be like, I'd love to show up for you and have that experience <laughs> with you, you know, because outside of the human paradigm, that's kind of what it looks like, which is really wild, right? If from that perspective, even horribly traumatic experiences are the stuff that creates the growth for us to move forward, which mm-hmm. is a little hard to hear, right? Because there's a lot of tragedy that can happen in people's lives. And on a bigger level, you know, they say, oh, well, why would this happen? And if it was all puppy dogs and rainbows, we wouldn't grow. You know, mm-hmm. I love puppy dogs and rainbows, but it's also, a, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a diverse ride and, and a, a, like a roller coaster, you can't go up if you go down. So, um, so that's one spot, so past life stuff. Um, and then 
And these are big groupings. There's all kinds of stuff that can show up in the field. But the other one that I think is important to comment is uh, ancestral patterns. So this, if you could imagine all of the stuff that your ancestors went through, I mean, ours collectively. So you think of war, famine, disease, displacement. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Okay, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of stuff for you to be here now. And so one of the things that they've discovered is that descendants of survivors of trauma, and in one study, it was the Holocaust, that the descendants do not need to have even experienced that to feel the effects and have a, a higher rate of anxiety, for example. Okay, so again, pull back look at all of the experiences collectively in humanity with everything that could have generated trauma. And that's a lot of information. That's a lot of emotion. Those are big patterns. So what um, can happen is I'll go out beyond, well, I usually start before conception because I wanna find out what was running in the genetic line before we move into uh, conception. And it, that is a little out there because that it, it communicates or implies that there's actually a tone or a frequency to genetic information, which in my experience is absolutely true, that there's a, a song or a tune to the information in the genetic code. Another example of a process I'll do is called an adrenal reset. So I'll go in and be able to hear and feel the stress responses on either side of the genetic line. And inside that space for people, there's all kinds of information that, you know, sometimes it'll show up and they'll identify that it's a pattern. They can kind of feel into, oh yeah, that's there. But sometimes I'll go in and I'll hear really specific information that, you know, it, it, some of it's not, it's so far back, you can't really confirm or identify, but to imagine that within your physiology, there's information that equipped and informed uh, survival, right? And that served a purpose, but to run that fear from X, Y, Z now, Mm, maybe isn't serving us anymore. I know that's a mouthful. I just know a lot, but yeah. It's amazing that you can find out all that information with a tuning fork. I I agree. I mean it, <laughs> it, it it's it's no it's no joke. I mean I I um I'm surprise i just i just say i just show up i try not to to get too um in my head about it and um you know right now there are over 2000 folks worldwide that have been trained in the modality not everyone's certified but everyone's been trained and it's uh becoming very big right so um and sound healing in general is i, I want to clarify that this is actually a form of energy healing in my perception um that uses sound so, what's the distinction between that and say sound healing? Sure, yeah. So when you go to or you're receiving um, a session where someone would place bowls on the body, right? So those would be Tibetan uh, singing bowls, 
crystal balls might be a little big for that. That's actually your body or your physiology responding to the physical um, resonance there. And, I, and to be clear, that definitely has energy and intention in there as well, just to be clear. Um, what's a little different is that when you're using tuning forks, it's the ones that are weighted that have little barrels, you know, if those are placed on the body, they're going to have a, a, a physical response to it, to the cells in a way. And one way that I talk about this is that the sound is moving through the water in the body. It, when you use unweighted forks, that's outside, that's in a much less dense space, but it's still interacting um, with that. And it, I would say it's a biofield tuning is a very precise method potentially of using um, sound as a form of energy healing versus in my experience with sound baths, it's sort of a very big, broad swath. And not to say it's not in tests. I have had extremely transformational experiences in sound baths and things like that. And it's um, just a different maybe scale or level. Um, but it's, it's pretty common for folks to, to when they uh, teach sound healing or using sound as a form of energy healing is to really be mindful of your intention meeting you know, the individual that's on the table or the under, other, other end that's mm -hmm. receiving it, right? Because intention is everything mm -hmm. in that. Could you talk a little bit about your journey as a healer? How did you arrive at this place where you now know how to do this? I always would go to gatherings out in the woods and sort of unplug and um, spend time in ceremonial circles and things like that with community. And we would uh, tone together in a circle, right? And, um, and this would go toning, we would tone for, oh, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. It was a very, it felt like a very long period of time. And I, amongst other experiences in that context, really began to feel into the capacity of sound to transform experience and consciousness and really bypass this conscious, rational thing and really transform experience and consciousness. Then I got a traditional certification doing traditional hypnosis because I kind of wanted to learn the nuts and bolts of it. And then towards the end of uh, wrapping up the traditional hypnosis training, I uh, had started biofield tuning and then um, did three classes at that time to complete certification. And um, what came through when I talked to my higher self in one of those sessions or in the first session I had was my higher self said I was going to work with sound, right? And at that time I thought, oh, well, hypnosis, you know, that's my voice. Okay, that's sound. Yeah, no, that was not what was uh, being indicated. So um, I saw this video of Eileen on YouTube, like everything else these days, right? And she's there with her tuning forks. And this was in... 2015. And I was like, that's it. I have to learn how to do that. Like, I just knew, I just knew. Um, and, and then it's just been a wild ride after that. What do you think biofield tuning can do 
that perhaps other healing modalities can't address? I would say that the, the part for me that I think is really powerful and has a lot of potential is the part about pattern recognition. So before I did any kind of healing work, my initial education was in textile design. And you work with one image, a design that's then repeated in, you know, in iterations, endless iterations, right? So it's expansive and it just repeats. So when I'm able to go in and feel into the, or I call it the origin signal of a pattern in someone's field, that's like that original I'm Suzanne design. LeGrand, and you've been listening like in, to And when I'll do an adrenal reset, sometimes I'll hear and an echo healing, of the original below. trauma. And which, I mean, I don't, I, there's no way to, there, unless you're doing super in detailed research, there's no way to really know that. But I mean, I can, to me, I can feel it. And when I talk to the client, they, that resonates for them usually. So that's the original pattern. And then it's just been repeated, right? Through the generations over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over and to, to the place where it arrives in this person's field that's countless generations later, right? Because we're able to work with intention and coherence that our origin signal can modulate to a more coherent frequency. And that potentially has the impact of shifting that for all of the ancestors and descendants. So the potential for it to truly go to the core of the origin of the original wound is huge, right? And, and in that way, like that's the part where I get super excited because I am a little, um, uh, how do I say, a little compulsive over wanting things to be so right. Like I'm a little fastidious in that way. So for me, it's like, oh, good, we, we got, we got it. You know, and that said, you know, biofield tuning is cumulative and it builds on itself and it's, you know, it's, it's, but big things move, right? Which is really different than receiving a modality that, and not to dismiss it, but it, it generates relief in the moment, right? And, and we all need that space to do the deeper healing, but some modalities are feel like they are set up or have a relationship with clients where it's like it's a maintenance thing so let me let me schedule this you know every month or you know every week or whatever the time frame is and that's really important for people's journey but I I want to I want to find out where it all came from you know I want to I, I really am interested in in people healing as a to be liberated and free Right. Because I, I say that I say this a lot in sessions. I'm like, it's not your job to hold on to this anymore. It's not your it's not your job to hold this really heavy ancestral memory for which you have no memory of at all. You're just carrying the energy or the vibration in your body, which. You know, we, the, if anything, I, I want to move towards a place where some of that heaviness can shift, right? Where we can occupy a new frequency in our bodies on this planet, right? So we don't need to take all that with us. Yeah. 
For those who might be interested in learning more about your work, where can our listeners go? So I have a website, andrewmacklerath.com. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, so um, there'll maybe be a link or somewhere where they can see that. Yeah. So, yep. So that's where, and there's lots of information there. Uh, at this point, you know, biofield tuning is just so accessible to people and really is supportive in their process. So it's, it's primarily what I do these days. And there are links to um, a YouTube channel and um, Instagram and things like that. I do uh, have a few videos up where I've done group tunings so that if people are interested, that might be one starting spot just to see how that goes. Um, and see what comes up. And like I said, you know, I, I've done those with the intention that everyone who will ever listen will be included in that. So um, I've gotten good feedback. So that might be a good starting point. Um, I, I work on folks one-on-one. -on -one. I tune projects and intentions and spaces. So um, really try to make it as accessible as possible. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Today on The Shaman's Notebook, I've been speaking to Andrew McElrath, who is a biofield tuning practitioner and a, a energy healer using sound. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and leave a comment in the link below. Thanks. <laughs>